Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian. Now what? Where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with registered dietitian nutritionist, Lori Graff, who specializes in integrative health. It has been fun over the past few months seeing all the new RDs to be starting their internships and sharing their experiences all over social media, especially Instagram. So congratulations to everyone starting this adventure and maybe even some of you that are beginning this adventure are also ending this adventure. But wherever you are in your journey, you should really give my book, I'm a registered dietitian, now what? A little look. It's geared toward anyone navigating a new part of the registered dietitian world. They are for purchase on my website, annelizabethardy.com, and you can also find it on iTunes and Amazon. And make sure to stay tuned for some giveaways that will be coming up in October. Since I have been working on my fitness this summer, because I'm trying to get buff, I'm also looking to increase my protein, and the turkey nick sticks have been my go-to snack. Nick sticks have all the goodness, none of the garbage, and they start with 100% grass-fed beef and free-range turkey. They are the best tasting snack sticks you can find. I hope you go check them out at nicksticks.com and see if they are the perfect snack for you. Miss Lori Graff has always had me in awe of the wealth of knowledge that she has. She has more knowledge of health and nutrition in her pinky finger than I think I have in my whole brain. I admire this registered dietitian for being on the forefront of integrated health, and she's also a lifelong learner who is very passionate about disease prevention and taking the food and nutrition route first. I have known Lori for almost a decade now, but had no idea how her personal and family experiences have currently led her to starting her own practice. She is innovative, educated, and is open to new science and ways to practice and serve her clients. Everyone, this podcast is absolutely fantastic, and you will want to listen and learn as much as you can. Please enjoy and absorb all my awesome conversation with Lori. Well, let's go, get, let's go back. I, we've known each other for through work for a little while, but I don't know a lot about how yeah. you got started as a dietitian and kind of mm-hmm. where you got interested in it. And mm-hmm. how did you, when did you decide that was kind of what you wanted to go into? Well, I have been studying nutrition since I was eight years old. Eight? Eight. How? <laughs> when I was eight years old, I started studying uh, food labels and all the calories and the protein and the carbohydrates in them. Huh. How'd you, how did that interest you? Was it just... You know, um, I had several family members that had weight issues and health issues, and I don't remember what exactly sparked it, but I, you know, and I didn't think of anything of it at the time, but now I'm looking back <laughs> on my life, and I remember, like, being in the kitchen, you know, studying the food labels on the cans, and the labels were pretty, like, primitive, too. Sure, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't actually that much on the labels, but then, you know memorizing of them all and so by the age of 12 I pretty much had all the calories and protein and fat memorized of every single food you did I did oh my gosh I did (laughs) yeah I was a nutrition geek even then (laughs) yeah wow yeah 
So it was more about the label, not necessarily about the food. It was more right. about the numbers well, and, and the just makeup. And, and the makeup, yeah. Mm -hmm. What is this food made of and what is it and how does it compare to something else? And so it didn't really affect the way that you ate in any way? No, no. no it was just, what is what, what is, is this product? Yeah, what is yeah. this all about? Huh. Yeah, exactly. And so did that continue then as you got And then um, I was in 4-H, and part of 4-H, there was an activity where you could do a speech and demonstration and get judged on it. It was based on the four food groups. And so every year I did a demonstration, a food demonstration, and part of it, because it's 4-H education, was to tell the judge why they needed to eat this product. So if it was a dairy product, then because they needed four servings of dairy and because it had calcium and calcium <laughs> made your bones strong. And so I was all into that. And then our freshman year of high school, before the days of computers, we had to look through this like three inch book at all the jobs that were in the world that you could pick. Oh. And I came across dietitian and I'm like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> And that's when you decided. That's when I decided. Uh-huh. So did you kind of focus all of your kind of, you know, rest of your education in high school on science and food? and? Uh, I went to a school that was very small, so it only offered the core classes. Okay. So you decided to take what you, <laughs> take what you got. <laughs> the choices were math, English, <laughs> science, and history. And so you took those. That's what I took. <laughs> so when you kind of started looking at colleges, where did you... I mean, you knew what you were going to do. Yep, exactly. So I was like, I just need to find a dietetics yep, program. Exactly. And yeah. how did you choose your college? Um, I was originally from North Dakota. And North Dakota had two colleges that offered it. University of North Dakota and North Dakota State. And so I chose University of North Dakota because um, my sister had gone to the other school. <laughs> you weren't going <laughs> to the Real professional <laughs> reason. Um and then when I got there, the University of North Dakota decided to really put more emphasis on nursing versus dietetics. And so then I transferred to North Dakota State University where that was their, uh, a really strong program. Did they have, could you specialize in certain areas in that program or again, just basic kind of? Just basic, nutrition? yeah. Nutrition. Food okay. and nutrition. Did you do your internship then in North Dakota as well? And um, at the time I went to school, um, it was the coordinated program. Oh, okay. So sure. then the internship was right along Part with of the, the classwork. So we were done in I four years. I still think years. that's a great idea. Don't you kind of think I so? I think it's a great idea because <laughs> when I now get um, students that have gone through their four years of schoolwork, they have not done any practical mm -mm. at all. None. None. It's so I was. I was really flabbergasted. I'm like, you haven't seen any charts. You haven't charted anybody. You haven't been to a nursing home. They're like, no. You went. So there's only so much you can learn studying sure. chemistry and sitting in a book. Mm -hmm. I think in fact, I think that's, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to the dietetics program because so many people love nutrition and yet hate being a dietitian because loving nutrition and being a dietitian are nowhere near the same thing. I mean, going and working in a hospital, you know, and looking at charts and medical is not the same as looking at recipes and talking about food and understanding the nutrition part of it. That is such a good point, though, because you're right. Yep. People can love nutrition and then they don't really know exactly what a dietitian 
does. Right. And maybe they don't want to be a dietitian. Maybe they want to be a food scientist or, right. you know, a sh- be in the culinary arts or mm-hmm. I like, I like that way of thinking. Like there should be more. Yeah. I, I yeah. I wish I would have had that. Cause I, I do too. I probably would have. I kind of, there has been times where I'm like, I don't really love being a dietitian. Correct. <laughs> and, and, and in fact, even with doing some of the, um, because we did do, you know, in the hospital and we were everywhere at the end of it, I was kind of like, Oh, I really want to do out clinic. And uh, my advisors looked at me and they're like, mm, then you might have gone into the wrong profession because at that time, that was pretty... There wasn't a the, lot of that. There wasn't. So... So you knew even then. You're like, I, I don't really think I want to be in that type of a yeah, setting. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So you always kind of were more new. drawn to that outpatient mm-hmm. kind of setting. Correct. How So... After, like, so four years, you got your internship done. Mm-hmm. You were ready for your test basically when you graduated. Correct. And then you could just jump right into the the field. Well, um, we graduated in May, and then the test was in October. So you still okay. got a job. Sure, in between. In between and waited to take the test. So what was it? So could you get a job in dietetics then in you, between? You could. Yeah. Yep. Did you find something? Yeah, I did. I took my first job in Burlington Medical Center in Burlington, Iowa. And um, they were wanted a dietitian to start up their outpatient. Oh, perfect. So then for three months, uh, well, I was, before I took the test, I just did the... You in, started their program. I started their program. How is that as a brand new dietitian? It was very hard as a brand new dietitian <laughs> because um, my office was in a separate building from the hospital. And so then they just walked me over there and they said, here's an empty office. Start a program. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And... That was the before Google. <laughs> there was no Google to consult. There was consult. no Google. No. <laughs> there were no podcasts to listen to. So, you know, you had to look at books and look at other things. And I spent a lot of time networking in the community um, to build up, um, you know, networking and resources to build up a program. Oh, my gosh. I would have been scared mm-hmm. out of my mind. Yeah. I was, because you came from a school where everything's very given to you. It's like... Structured. Structured. Here's mm-hmm. a test. Take a test. Here, we're learning this. Do this. Versus all of a sudden, I was like, here's an empty office. Create a program. Go for it. Mm-hmm. So you did probably have to really network a ton to a like ton. get people to even get clients into your mm-hmm. facility. And is it still going? At that yeah, point? it's yeah. still going. Yeah. So you were you were the originator. Do they have originator. a little picture of you on the wall? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is started by yeah. Lori. <laughs> How long did you do that then for? For three years. Three years. And was it, did it, did you accomplish what you wanted to by starting it and with the? I, I did. Yeah. Correct. Um, and then they hired a full-time dietitian to take the place and. And then you, then you left. And then I left. So where was your next adventure? Then my next adventure, I went to Lincoln, Nebraska and I worked as a uh, WIC dietitian for a year. And then I worked for the state of Nebraska um, as their under WIC for a year. Okay. As their uh, food liaison. Did you go to like different WIC locations? I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you like WIC? It was, it was almost a breath of fresh air from starting a program because all I had to do was show up. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. And the clients came to me. I talked to them. Um, so it was a 
it's kind of a little breather. Sure. Yeah. And you still were liking that outpatient. Setting. And outpatient. Yeah. Yep. So that you still got that mm -hmm. opportunity to yep. to work outside of a hospital yep. and exactly, which is nice. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and where then I got to supervise people. Yeah, was like, then, you got, then you got to be in that manager role right, too. Right, exactly. And, which you were yeah, in charge so, of a yeah. clinic, so that probably wasn't a hard yeah. transition for you. Correct. Do you like managing people? Um, as you like managing people, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes that's kind of yeah. scary too as a dietitian. Mm -hmm. Like you don't really think that that might be part of your yeah, job description but, <laughs> someday. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah as, a as a dietitian, we really have to wear many, many roles. You're usually an entrepreneur, you're a business person, you're a supervisor, you're... You're a therapist. You're a therapist. You're, <laughs> you're so many different things. Yes, you're much but more that's than also, food and nutrition. Exactly, but that's such a great yeah. thing to tell people, mm -hmm. anyone, that you're going to be many different things as a dietitian throughout right. your career. Yep, exactly. So after you did management for WIC, when did, what was the next steps for you? Then I moved to um, Dallas, Texas, and I worked in a hospital. No, I moved to um, Peoria, Illinois, and I worked there for a couple years, inpatient, and then I did their outpatient weight loss program. Oh. And I did that for a year. Did you do weight loss when you were in Burlington, too? I did. Yeah. Yes. So you've kind of touched on... Yeah, you had a you had a very vast variety of things in Burlington, but then you kind of specialized as you moved on a little bit. Correct. How was the weight loss outpatient? It, it was. Um, it's weight loss is a love hate. Sure. Job. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but once you've done it and then you go to a new place, they're like, "Oh, you've done weight loss. Great. We like you. <laughs> we like you. We want you to run our weight loss." And so then you're like, "Okay." Yeah. That's what we'll do. Do you kind of feel like that? You get kind of stereotyped when you yes, do like a weight loss. You yeah. Do. yeah. Yeah. Did they have a structured program already in place? They did. So then I just ran their program. I just ran their program. Mm hmm So did you like weight loss? Otherwise, I mean, like with the love hate. I do. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I think it's part of everything. Right. Eventually, it's part of everything right. that we do at some right. point. So mm -hmm. you kind of have to <laughs> love and you hate. have to. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. You, you've traveled a lot. And then I've you traveled. went to Dallas? Then I went to Dallas, Texas, and I was in hospital there for a year and on the cardiac floor, and I worked with the cardiac rehab program. Okay. So kind of ape outpatient again. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How's cardiac rehab? I've always want to been. That mm -hmm. was my dream job when I was a clinical dietitian. I'm like, I want to work in the cardiac rehab building because yeah. it looks so fun and... They're on treadmills, and I'm helping people. I, like. I did like cardiac rehab a lot because you work together as a team. Mm -hmm. So I was on the stroke team, and we did, you know, rounds as a team. And um, everybody's input was pretty, um, was valued, and everybody had a certain role that they were filling all the time. Yeah, because it's quite the team. I mean, right. Like you it's said, a very, you have, very team approach. Which is nice because... You have doctors actually right. care about what right. you say, and yes, exactly, <laughs> which is hard to get sometimes in like a clinical get. setting. So, mm -hmm. how was Dallas? Um, Dallas, I worked actually in a smaller ho um, hospital in Denton, which is a suburb sure. of Dallas. Sure, um, Dallas a, itself is a very fun city. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that's like a big like. I was just thinking how big maybe like the facility was that you were in. It wasn't very large because it it was uh, north of Dallas. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So did you like traveling to all these different places and trying different things? Um, I did, yes. Good variety. It, it gives, right, it gives me a good variety. Especially I don't think I could be the dietitian I am today without doing all those, all those things. things. Because not only did I learn something different in all those things, I wore a slightly different hat. So I had to become more entrepreneur in my first job. My second job, I had to learn to be, become more of a supervisor. In you know my third job, it was very team orientated. So then you became, you know, you strengthened your team skills and so just more, more, more just professional skills that you developed. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So next step, what was the next step? <laughs> next step, I moved to Minneapolis and I worked in a hospital where they looked at um, Eastern and Western medicine together as much as they could. So there was lavender in all the rooms for essential oils. The color of the rooms were painted a certain color to be calming. Instead of the halls being straight, the building was oval shaped, so you were never walking down a long straight hallway. All the client or all the patients had um, healing touch and music playing. It was an awesome place to oh work. Oh my god! I didn't even know a place there was, like this existed. There was a two-year waiting list as for nurses to get into work there. Wow. It was awesome. How did you find out about this place? <laughs> uh, I lived close to the okay. hospital, and it just so happened that they were looking for somebody at the time that I needed. Sure. And So as a dietitian in that type of a facility, what changed your role as a dietitian? Was it? It was very team-orientated, no matter what you were doing. Um, the people that were were working there, you know, we're on waiting lists to get there. So by the time they got in, it was, you know, you were very thankful to be there. Um, uh, people that were on tube feedings, I mean, the doctors always had the dietitian review them. It, wow. I mean, it was just a very, very calm atmosphere. I see. Were you like just like mellow, like was, mellow all day? It was awesome. <laughs> And yeah. that place is still open? And it's it, still open. What's it called? It's called Woodbury Clinic, Woodbury Hospital. Huh. Yes. So what you walk in concept. and they have like a baby grand piano playing in the entryway. And so they did everything possible not to make it feel like a hospital. And not to stress out the patient. Right. That's the way it should be That's everywhere. That's the way it should be. <laughs> <laughs> and for working environments too. Right. Exactly. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Gosh, go smell it, lavender all day. Right, and it did totally change everybody's outlook. Mm -hmm. Did it change yours? Get, like it just, did because even though I worked in several hospitals and tried to do as much outpatient as I could, absolutely hated hospitals. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate the smell of hospitals. They're just not a fun place to be. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was like the perfect hospital setting for you. It was awesome. How long did you do that for? I did that for about a year and a half. And then did you just consult. You just consult inpatients while you were there. I did, and I also ran their weight loss program. Okay, so they had a weight loss program too. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a weight Everyone loss program. Everyone has a weight loss program. That's what everybody's looking for. That's right. <laughs> did you stay in Minnesota then, or did you? Um, then I moved back to Iowa. Okay. To Des Moines. So this was the first time you got to to Iowa because you <laughs> haven't been to Iowa. Since you were in high, and where you grew up, right? Well, my first job was in Iowa. Your first, oh, yes, in right. Burlington. That's right. So yep, you came so I lived, back. And so then I came back to Iowa, to Des Moines. Okay. 
And what'd you do here? Then for a couple years, I was a stay-at-home mom. With your kiddos. With my kiddos. You've got two, right? Got two, yes. yes. 16-year-old boy. And a 12-year-old girl. She's 12. She's 12. Oh, my gosh. And, and taller than me. <laughs> Is she? Everyone's not taller than me. But that's a good thing. <laughs> I wanted them all to be taller. Yeah, you're like, I want you to be taller. <laughs> that's good. Not shorter. <laughs> well, that's right. awesome. Yes. So you got some then, time off. How did you tolerate time off? Because I always feel you're a person that you like to work and you like to be involved in your I profession. Am, right. I'm very glad that I had some time off to spend with my kids, but I was very ready to go back to work. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't I imagine you not working. No. <laughs> no, I'm not one of those people that that was my dream job. Sure. So, no, sure. I, I was excited to go back to work. Good. Well, what did you do when you decided to go back? Uh, then I went to work for Hy-Vee. Hy-Vee. So you did retail. I did retail. How did you do? How long did you do retail for? I did retail for let's see here, it was almost ten years. So good outpatient setting for good, you too. Excellent outpatient yeah. setting, correct. It Any was good? really strengthened. Um, all those skills that I had used really needed sharpened and to be used at that time because uh, dietitians were pretty new to Hy-Vee, and mm -hmm. so you really needed to do a lot of networking. You need to do be a big team player, working with all different the, kinds of yeah, people. Uh, all the other departments. And you needed to know everything. Right. Because you didn't, I mean, you didn't know what you were going to get. Mm -hmm. And probably it went back to like your, or your time at Burlington probably would just like, again, starting something. From scratch. Kind of from scratch. Right, like here's your space. <laughs> Good <Create>. luck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, that <laughs> and we that's when I met you and then I know that along that path you kind of got really interested in a lot of different kind of aspects of nutrition, which is why I really wanted to do this podcast with you because I was just telling her earlier I'm like she knows so much more like what she knows in her head, I know maybe like an eighth of. So <laughs> she knows so much stuff. So I wanted you to kind of talk today just about how you got interested in just different types of just treating people and educating people and dealing with nutrition with different mm -hmm. people. I think for a lot of us that have um, this nutrition geeky feeling <laughs> in us and uh, this broad sense of um, or broad depth of, of knowledge is because we do become ill at some point ourselves and we're searching for answers and we don't get those answers but we want them and so we keep searching and I myself I was a new mom and gone back to work and I was just feeling kind of fatigued I was I was just feeling tired and my workouts weren't going as great as they should been had been and I told the doctor I'm not really depressed I'm not depressed but I just don't feel as happy as what I think I should be and they said oh it's because you're a new mom Oh, it's because you're in your 30s. Oh, it's because, you know... The sun didn't shine That's today. right. The sun didn't shine, exactly. <laughs> and I thought, that is just crazy. Um, and I had a doctor that really didn't understand what she was doing at the time, but she said, you know, we should just test your vitamin D. I was like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> sounds like a good idea to me. And she's, so she said, well, because you're having all these symptoms, here's a prescription for an antidepressant and we'll test your vitamin D. 
So I did not get my prescription filled. And about a week later, she's like, oh yeah, your vitamin D is really low. You should take some vitamin D. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> should I still fill this prescription? She's like, yeah, you should fill the prescription. I was like, you know, in the back of my mind, it's like, I, I know I don't need this prescription. So I thought, I'm just gonna wait and take the vitamin D. And I took the vitamin D and I felt a thousand times better. I was just... You were a totally different person. I was a totally different person. I'm like, I have energy. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> I'm like, so it was a real eye opener. I mean, as a dietitian, we really know that food makes a difference. Nutrition is important. But I really, really experienced myself with just one nutrient. And it really whet my appetite for why did that work and how did that work and as i started to learn more about that then i understood all the issues around nutrition and gut health which then has just led me into studying more and more and more and really wanting to know the function of how nutrition works in the body because it 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 is what I say, the nuts and bolts of our body. And so when we are deficient in one nutrient or many nutrients, it is going to make a physical and emotional difference in our life. And that's, I think that's so true. And I think thinking about back in your internship days, none of this stuff is ever addressed or really of talked about. And I don't think it is a lot now either. And that's why I think it's interesting how you have taken the perspective of let's really figure out what the real problem is and work from that and Correct. see what we need to do. And not only that, it's it's nutrition. <laughs> you know, that's why I was kind of blown away that none of this was talked about in school when um, without knowing the nutrition, you, you can't understand medicine. So true. I, if the person is coming in feeling depressed, no amount of talk therapy, no amount of antidepressants, no amount of anything is going to fix it without looking at, in this case, their vitamin D. And that's one simple, and that's one, right, simple thing that doctors don't even want to check right now yet. Either. Correct. And, and insurance isn't always insurance only pays for it if your vitamin D has been proven to be low. So you have to want to invest in your health to say, well, let's check it out in the mm -hmm. case that it is low and I'm willing to pay for it. Um, yeah. as an answer. I know I had to sign a waiver cause I yeah. wanted to have it checked after you had said, you know, a while back about your story and they're like, well, this might not be covered by your insurance. So you will have to pay for this cost. I'm like, yeah, but that's okay. Right. Because if that can prevent me from taking an antidepressant or have another slew of problems, why wouldn't I want to do that? Exactly. Right. So <laughs> and for nutrition you, is the foundation. Yeah. And for me, it was, it just, was that simple. Mm -hmm. So when you kind of had that revelation of, I like, I like this, you wetted things right. and you wet your appetite. What was kind of, what did you do to kind of start getting more into that functional medicine and I started reading everything that I could and listening to everything I could. Um, webinars started becoming more popular. They were just starting to at the time. Podcasts now, which I think are just, I think they're the best thing that's ever happened because you can have an interest about something and then find somebody that's an expert in it mm -hmm. and learn about it. 
and relatively low cost and low time. And so then I just started reading everything I could around vitamin D and listening to any speaker that I could that talked about vitamin D. And with every speaker and everything you read, you would find a little nugget of new information or they would mention somebody else that's an expert. And then, you know, you could go look up that expert and listen to that expert or read whatever they had written. And then you learn something else and mm-hmm. something else and something else um, from each person. And I know that a lot of people, there's like certifications, right, that you can kind of go do integrative medicine or functional medicine. And do you recommend those kind of things or do you recommend like your method, kind of just, you know, kind of finding those experts and really just learning from those other experts? I think some of the certification programs are an excellent idea. I um, was just in a position where I started learning before the certification programs had been developed because they're relatively new in the past sure. couple of years. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's a great option, and it will definitely cut shorten some of your learning curve instead of having to seek out finding those right those expert avenues expert avenues and mm-hmm. nuggets and and from that area so i know outside of like vitamin d you kind of got interested in leap and you know i know that there's been some controversy mm-hmm. even too with the academy of you know they don't recognize it as a program correct correct but just with like food allergies and food intolerances and maybe talk a little bit about that like why do you think that's so important that we have education on those types of things it is it is very important because it goes back to that basis that food really is the foundation i mean without addressing the food issues um very little progress is getting made And I read an article about food sensitivities, and at the time I thought, this, again, makes a difference. It makes sense for where we're at, and as dietitians, we should should care the most because it's all food-related, and we could, who's going to know better to change their diet than we are? Mm -hmm. And... And now the funny thing is you watch TV and the dog commercials, the lady's sitting there with a the dog saying, my dog has food sensitivities. <laughs> so our, our dog food is gluten-free. <laughs> and it's like we're so ready to accept things for everybody else other than humans first. It's just, it's funny. Mm-hmm. And whether all, all tests right now have... Um, the accuracy is somewhat always limited. I mean, and that's true with the food sensitivity testing. It's true with there's the, the breath test for small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, um, you know, colonoscopies. Um, all these tests have some amount of truth to them and some amount that they miss. But we do know that when the gut becomes inflamed, that the foods that you eat the most often with that inflammation, there becomes these little tiny microscopic tears, and the particles of food do enter the bloodstream larger than what they should, and the body recognizes it as foreign, and then the immune system has to take over and do the rest of the digestion, and now we have inflammation occur. So um, the matter of the testing 
I think that as health professionals, we need to let go of and say this is a documented scientific real problem and and take that grasp as knowledge and whatever we can do then to decrease their inflammation will help decrease our clients or increase their healing. But mm-hmm. with inflammation, it just won't happen. And everyone's an inflammation. And everybody has some, some amount of inflammation. inflammation. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's by focusing on healing with food or right. not having the food. Right. And for us, because that, that's our job. Our job mm-hmm. is to help people around the area of food. Like uh, if you went to a psychiatrist, their job would be to help them around areas of their emotions. Mm-hmm. So our job is food related. And so whatever we can do to help them with giving them the right foods or taking away the foods that are harming them is our job. Mm-hmm. Well, and you've recently started your own practice and now you're an entrepreneur and you're dealing with a lot of people that are coming to you because they don't know what to do anymore. They feel like horribly bad. They don't want to take another pill. They don't want to have mm-hmm. all this traditional medicine in their lives. So you are becoming a person that's healing through food. So from that different perspective, mm-hmm. like I think for most dietitians, it's so overwhelming because we don't know where to start. We don't know mm-hmm. what to do. So what's some advice for maybe someone that, you know, is starting out in practice or doesn't work with this kind of stuff as much? Find a mentor so that you don't have to learn everything on your own and make all your own mistakes. Because right now we are in a time of great, great, great amount of questioning and the more questioning that's done the amount of learning that is happening is happening at such a rapid pace it's it's impossible to stay on top of it Um, what we knew about adrenal fatigue um, five years ago changed a year ago and it's changed again in the last three months it has it has okay you need to tell me this (laughs) because i bridge i haven't kept on top of this right Um, And so the first thing you have to do is you have to keep an open mind all the time because it's it's what got you where you're at to to start with, especially as dietitians. You you had some type of say, hey, (laughs) I think nutrition matters when other people weren't saying that. So you are asking questions. And the minute you stop asking questions of how and why this works, you're you're going to be lost in in the field of medicine right now. So perfect example with adrenal fatigue, we, um, traditional medicine says it doesn't exist. It isn't a problem. Um, But you you talk to somebody that has adrenal fatigue and you will soon realize how real this is. With, uh, and so we developed a cortisol test where then they took a saliva test and measured their cortisol And when it was super high or super low, we would say, okay, this person is in adrenal fatigue. And then we told them, well, it's because you were so, you had something happen in your life where it was a huge amount of stress. And once upon a time when we had stress, like you were running away from the tiger, the tiger either ate you or you ran away and all the stress went away and you were fine. But now... You know, we get texts, we get phone calls, and life is stressful all the time. So it's actually your adrenal 
that is taking the blunt of this and not being able to keep up with the cortisol production. Hmm. So that's what we believed until about a year and a half, two years ago. Then we believed, wait a minute, it's not just the adrenal is where it starts. It's something called this HPA axis. And it, it's all through this HPA axis. And then it talks to our adrenals and we're still measuring cortisol. Now in the last, I would say probably six months, but in the last three months, new studies are coming out where people have really dug into this and said, hey, there's no proof. We, there's no scientific proof that the person runs away from the tiger, the cortisol gets used up, and now they're in adrenal fatigue. Zero. But what we can scientifically, scientifically prove is that the brain gets on fire. Our limbic brain system is, gets on fire. And time after time of being under this stress, the brain becomes more and more sensitive and gets on fire faster and faster and faster. Hmm. And at this, there's a point in time when then the brain can no longer shut down and then um, our body, it's like we're hyperactive all the time and now we cannot produce energy. So their cortisol may be high or it may be low or it may be fine as a result of actually the limbic brain system being on fire. Wow. Yeah. So that's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. So in the past, what we did with somebody that had adrenal fatigue is we supported their adrenals. And some people got marginal response because in the adrenals, there might have been something called adaptogens, which either helps calm down the body or produce energy. But all the effort and concentration were still on the adrenal organs versus on the brain, hmm. which is a needs support in a different fashion Sure, to calm the body down to actually produce more energy again. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's, see, that's the kind of stuff that we, it's so hard to keep up with. Correct. And like you said, you need to be open. You need to be and open. Receptive. Right. <laughs> yes. But I'm sure there's some people out there going, oh my gosh, what did she just say? Right. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know right. what's happening. Right. So. Yeah. So we had to be open to the fact of where you went to traditional medicine and said adrenal fatigue didn't exist. So we had to be open to the fact that maybe it did. Mm-hmm. Then we had to be open to the fact of, well, we still don't have all the answers. And then we had to be open to the fact, okay, traditional medicine wasn't wrong, but they weren't right either. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to take that perspective of we work with science. Right. But we also have to work with our individual right. person. Right. Exactly. Because they're so different. Right. So yes. how do you apply that with your practice today then? Like, I mean, I know that you're looking at all these different, you know, perspectives of each, because you get some high, I mean, your clients are clients that have a lot of stuff going on. They do. And unfortunately or fortunately, um, most of my clients have been everywhere and done everything. So they've gone to doctors, doctors. they've gone to chiropractor, they've right. done all that they've kind done, of stuff. Correct. Before mm-hmm. they come to me. And so then I'm take, going back to the very basics of when did this start? How did this start? And really, really knowing how each and every organ functions 
so that when I'm taking down all their symptoms, if they're saying, oh, I have lots of hormone issues, I have lots of sleep issues, I'm tired, then I know let's concentrate on how does the liver work and what needs support in the liver. Or if they're having tons of gas and bloating, then it's like, okay, when are you having gas? When are you having bloating? Are you having diarrhea? Are you having constipation? And what organs would be impacted? And is it more than one organ that's being impacted? And which foods? And usually starting with anything we can do to help the client feel better with food, because that's our area of ex- expertise, mm-hmm. and just getting any response at all for our client. So then we can have a window to show that we're going down the right path and continuing working then with supporting all their body on decreasing inflammation and increasing their immunity, which again is, food is such an important part of that. Vitamins, nutrients, absorption. Mm -hmm. Are they absorbing? And that's, see, that's the scary part. Like, are they even absorbing their nutrients right Right. now? Which they may not be. Mm Mm-hmm. So how does someone, as a dietitian, like, how do you figure that out with clients? I mean, you really go through, when they come in, do you spend? The initial consultation with my clients takes an hour and a half, and uh, it could easily take two hours. So I'm trying to have, I try to have them do as much paperwork at home as possible (laughs) and asking questions so then they can bring that paperwork to me and I can glance down that paper and see, you know, um... Are they waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning? Are they having um, muscle cramps? Are they having... Because I'm looking at every single symptom they're having. And as I'm reading every single symptom, then I'm tying that to what we know about nutrition. Oh, that's magnesium deficiency. Oh, that's in the stomach. Oh, that's in the liver. Oh, that's poor sugar handling. Oh, that's um, vitamin C deficiency. Mm -hmm. So that we're taking all those puzzle pieces laying them out on the table and seeing how we can put those puzzle pieces together. Which the other reason that most people haven't had much luck is because it's a puzzle. It's a thousand piece puzzle and nobody puts together a thousand piece puzzle in 20 minutes. No. (laughs) In that one office (laughs) It's not going to happen. So all we're doing is we're looking for how can we put a couple puzzle pieces together so that we can paint a little bit of a picture and now we can see what, how the other puzzle pieces start to fit with that. Do you start in a certain area? Because I'm assuming that most people probably come in with a laundry list of issues. As Do you start with a certain area and focus on that first and then kind of make work with that? Like say if they have GI issues, okay, well, we're going to focus on working on your constipation first. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move on to... The other list. How do you prioritize? The first thing that I do is um, whatever their major symptom is, trying to just minimize it a little bit. But it is really on take finding anything I can take take away to improve their all over. They're all yeah. over their symptoms. Which is why you have them fill out so much paperwork. Right. Did you I come up with that paperwork yourself? Did you kind of create it? I've used a combination of... Some different ones that you've... Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, when I started, and it's kind of a process of learning, when I started, I um, always tried to look at the GI first. And now my first goal is just decreasing 
some inflammation and getting some nourishment in them. Because by the time that they've reached me, they're usually not absorbing their nutrients. So, um, and better sleep. Is that kind of, do you notice that's a huge thing? Is it's a huge sleep? thing. Really? It's a huge thing. Because if they're not um, absorbing their food well, they're going to be waking up around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning as their blood sugar's dropping and they're getting an adrenaline rush. Huh. Yeah, that makes sense. So the less sleep we get, the more inflammation we have. And the more tired you're going to be and down about everything in general. Sure. Just overall, overall. mood and yep. disposition. Yep. And 75% of whatever is going on with us is, can, is started with lifestyle. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Only 25% is uh, supplements, treatment that's outside of our reach. So just by taking care of even like focusing on making better sleeping patterns right. and is a great place to start. Water. Water. Are they <laughs> so hydrated? easy. Right. Yeah. Um, and do they have, uh, the other one is just along with hydration, because they'll be drinking a lot, do they even understand hydration? Sure. Uh, with hydration, you have to have adequate magnesium, calcium, sodium. So if they're a super, super healthy eater, they're probably not getting any sodium. So we just need to add a little bit of sodium into their water. Are they magnesium deficient? So then we just need to give them a little bit of magnesium. So and that most people be like, get... sodium in my water? What? Right. <laughs> exactly. So that they can start um, calming, their muscles can start relaxing and calming down. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which that, you know, most people would never think of. No. And just like being a dietitian, I think, don't you feel like initially we feel like, oh, we got to do everything to help everything. them. I'm going to spew out all this information all to you. But right. maybe it's something as simple as let's work on helping right. you sleep better. Right. Getting some water mm-hmm. and then the next steps. Right. Yes. Yes. That's the hardest thing about being a dietitian is we want <laughs> to fix everything. And um, so it's just... As you're listening to their story, trying to pick up on one thing that you can have them do. To work on. To work on. Mm-hmm. So we can just start putting the puzzle together. And you're, like you said, thinking of it as a puzzle, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be put together in 20 minutes. And that's okay. Like that's I okay. think dietitians need to realize right. you're not going to solve. No. They're not going to lose 15 pounds in two weeks, and they're not going to be getting restful sleep in a week. And right. So we have to be patient with the process too, ourselves. Right. And be gentle on ourselves. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> I'm right. sure you've yeah, been right. frustrated before. It's easy for mm-hmm. health professionals because people are coming to you wanting the answers. And we're only a guide. It's not our job to give them the answers. It's our job to give them the tools to find the answers. Because mm-hmm. the minute we think that it's our job, it's, a, it, it's too emotional. Um, because most people coming to us have a problem. So all day then you're taking on other people's problems. Um, so yes, you have to remember, no, it, that's that's not your job. Because they're, and they're only going to be with you for an hour, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then they're going to leave and they have to go do all the work. Mm-hmm. So we're here to give them the right tools in their toolbox and for them to go do it. Yeah, they have to take some ownership. Right, right. So, uh, again, you know, with those skill set, that's an important skill set for dietitians to learn is um, setting the stage. 
What does that look like? What, what, what are you expecting your client to know? Are you telling them that? Because otherwise they're coming to you saying, this is my problem and you're going to fix it. I mean, that's, that's what we do as doctors. I have a broken bone. Please fix my broken mm-hmm. bone. So that's how they're looking at you as a health professional. I'm overweight. Take away my weight. Mm-hmm. Well, I can give you tools, mm-hmm. but I, I can't take your excess weight on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you go to the surgeon that, you know, cuts it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Different health professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and you and I were talking earlier, too, before we got started today. We were talking about how, and I I think we very much agree on this, that there's just a huge emotional tie to a lot of the health issues a lot of people experience in their lives. And if they don't deal with those you know, emotional, maybe lifestyle kind of situations, that, that kind of stuff is not going to be helped. So just even like with weight and with GI issues, like there are some other rooted issues that maybe need to be fixed first. Correct. I totally believe that. And the more that I'm studying this, the more that I'm seeing that. And right now, I just feel very fortunate to have this cutting edge technology called NES, where it measures your body frequencies. And, and, and with this program, they're really looking at that. They're looking at which areas does the body need to be supported first before healing can often occur. And quite often when somebody comes in um, with a hurt or gas and bloating, like you just said, the, the, the emotions have to be dealt with first. So you're kind of seeing that a lot in your I'm practice. I'm seeing that a lot. Yeah. So the NES system, what is, what is that? Because I know you kind of mentioned it, that you're starting to incorporate this into your practice, and it's kind of a cutting edge kind of new technology that's out there. It is very cutting edge, and it's based on quantum physics, that absolutely everything in life is a wavelength. It submits a certain amount of energy, and it's what gives the shape and form of what it is, but it is that wavelength that it holds. And we already use this technology all the time in the fact of when we use um, ultrasounds. We use sound as the um, frequency to see, you know, and new moms, what does that baby look like? How is it developing? If somebody goes, gets an MRI, they're using radio wave frequency. So this measures all the frequencies and then maps it out and tells you which area of the body we should support first or indeed, is it truly the mind that we need to help them with? Do we need to help them be more connected to the universe? Do we need to help them feel more at peace first? That's really interesting. It is very interesting. It's fun. It just makes our job so much fun because we, we don't have to guess. And like it what never was our job to figure it out. Sure. Um, again, then the body tells us, and then we just kind of show the client where they need more support. So it's basically like giving you an inside kind of look at what they're experiencing themselves that they just aren't diving into. Right. And, and just not aware of because they're either subconsciously or consciously we uh, aren't dealing with it or, or just don't have the understanding of how that impacts us physically. So you do like a a scan of a person? It's a scan, correct. It looks a lot like a telephone Okay. And then they just place their hand on it, and it's connected to computer program, and then in 10 seconds, it reads all their body field scans. 
And um, you might have experienced this yourself when you walked into a room and somebody had a fight, but you don't have to say, they didn't have to say, oh, we just had a fight. You can tell. You can tell. You can <laughs> feel that energy. Yep. So you yourself are submitting energies all the time. And on the super high and super low frequencies, people tell. So when you're super, super happy, people don't have to say, you know, they're not asking you, oh, are you happy today? <laughs> you know, they already know that just sure. as soon as they start to walk to you. Or if you're super, super sad, they know that. So on this system has the capability to measure all of those frequencies, the ones that you can feel as well as the ones that you cannot feel. That's really cool. It is very cool. And that's amazing that there is technology out there too, because you're probably getting energies in places that you don't even know energies exist. <laughs> Correct. Yes. In your body at exactly. all. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, and just because this is a... Uh, it's new. It's cutting edge. So we weren't taught how to, how mm -hmm. to view the body this way. And as crazy as this is, just like, you know, once upon a time, we thought the world was flat. Sure. <laughs> and, yep. we know <laughs> and we know it's not. And we know it's not. But we know it's not from, we really don't experience that other than we've seen pictures mm -hmm. and over the course of time. So now with this technology, we're able to see those energy pathways and to correct them and then watch the client get better. So you will scan them and then you'll rescan them. You'll work with them according to what you find on the scan. And then you'll rescan to see how that's correcting itself. Correcting correct. itself. Right. So you work with, with food though too, right? Is it tie into eating? It's, and it still ties into eating because if we're still, they usually are coming to us for a nutrition concern mm -hmm. so if they're we were talking about the gut and they still have to work with what's going on in the heart and the emotions we're still going to want them to have optimal sleep we're still going to want them to have optimal hydration because then they're still that's a part of their emotions as well sure sure it's all part of the it's, big picture it's all yeah. part of the big picture if you're eating nothing but uh sugar <laughs> Well, yeah, and you're doing all this stuff with you. It's not going to matter, it's not right? Matter, yeah, right. emotionally, you're still not going to feel yeah. very good. Sure. Right. So yes. this is where I think you know this kind of this science is where us dietitians need to be open Correct. again to another way to help. Right. People. Yes. Because I think I bet you there's people listening going, this all sounds like a bunch of hooey. Right. Yes. <laughs> I've had people say that. I think that's voodoo. Mm -hmm. um, so like, what was it for you that you were like, I really think this is a legit great product and thing to help my practice? I, I read about, I read up on the company and how it works, first of all. And, you know, and, and I'm open to asking questions and understanding like what, are what are they measuring? How are they measuring? And they are measuring. Um, they are using science. They are using quantum physics to measure something. And I was very familiar with frequency because, like, in our phone is a frequency. If mm -hmm. I call you, if I send you a picture, it is frequency based. Um, and I was having my son has been chronically ill for. It was coming on six years, and I had taken him everywhere. We've been to every GI specialist. We've been to every naturopath. We've used every um, drug, every supplement out there, not to have him get any better. In fact, every year, he just progressively got worse. 
And when I read about this and read just how easy it was, you don't have to take blood tests, you don't have to take a stool test, you don't have to fast for three days, you don't have to stand <laughs> on your head. All this crazy All stuff. All these crazy things. <laughs> but that we simply measure the body's energy waves and see where those might be blocked in preventing healing from occurring. And so I was out nothing and I read on the research on how, how it worked and how it worked for other people. So I decided to try it with my own son. And we saw miraculous, miraculous things as he progressed with the system in as fast as 10 days. Wow. Yeah. That's significant. It's significant because I, I literally was watching my son die. I thought that within a couple of months, he, he could die. He was really? less than 125 pounds. He weighed 5 foot 10. He was not able to get up until 4 o'clock. And some days he was able to eat and some days he was not able to eat. And all of his blood tests were perfect. So wow. again, we never throw the baby out with bathwater. We're never here to, we're not here to prove anybody wrong. Mm-hmm. We're not saying Western science is bad. We're not saying Eastern science is bad. We're not saying science is bad. We're saying nobody's bad. We're saying we need to be open so that when we can't find those answers, we can look elsewhere. Because of course, my first place to take him was to your Doctor, to my doctor, physician. let's get a blood test. Let's make sure he doesn't have a cancer. Let's make sure he doesn't have a tumor. Let's make sure nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I, we absolutely have to do that. But when we can't get those answers, we now have the technology and we know we now need to look at deeper places because as we're getting these answers, we're now learning science, um, or not science, but but that trauma happens to the body emotionally first. Mm-hmm. Trauma happens by blocking these healing pathways, and they need to be opened up. Just like for your cell phone to work, we need to turn it on so that it accepts the frequency. Sure. So without turning it on, you could just... It wouldn't do anything. <laughs> it wouldn't do anything. <laughs> right. And so in his case, the... Um, Everything around how the cells were to take information and carry information were not were all blocked. So no matter what we gave him, nothing was helping, and he was continuing to get worse and worse because information wasn't being carried through his body to where it needed to go. To where it needed to go. Mm-hmm. So his immunity was becoming weaker and weaker, and he just had no energy production. So you could have gave him any supplement. Everything that possibly, and it wouldn't have right, mattered. Right, So I spent as little as $500 a month, as much as $2,000 a month, almost every month for five years. Wow. Just trying to find Just whatever would to work find, for him. Right. Exactly. And that's where I think as a dietitian that we have to meet people where they're at on their wellness journey. And for you, with your own personal experience, mm-hmm. you were like, I don't know what else to do. So what else can I do? Right. And what, this has been... A lifesaver for your son. It has been a lifesaver, right? So now he's. So now, um, in a matter of a couple months, he's gained two inches, ten pounds, and was able to have enough energy to attend driver's ed to get his license. I mean, he can be sixteen again instead of eighty-five. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to compare that to, but. 
in my five years of searching for answers with my son, my 20 years of being a dietitian, more often than not, people do come to us with not wanting answers and they haven't been able to find them. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the worst part about becoming a dietitian in my first job with weight loss. And I was working with these people and they're like keeping a food diary, they're eating the right amount of calories, they're exercising, they are doing everything right. And I thought, wow, you know, what am I missing? <laughs> so I go to my colleagues and I'm like, hey, I have this client and she's, you know, eating 1,500 calories to 1,200 calories. She's exercising, she's doing everything right. And the responses I got were, she's lying, She's exercising too hard. She's eating too much. She's not eating enough. Um, where in reality, what we know now is she probably had inflammation somewhere, which was blocking the body. She had a energy source that uh, was blocked. She had some emotional issues. Mm -hmm. But for the last 20 years in the field of dietetics, when, we, when it wasn't perfect, and the only people that respond to any form of traditional medicine and nutrition are people that are already well. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I think that's so true. And that's why it's such a small amount of people. Right. That's a very good point. Mm -hmm. A healthy body automatically keeps a healthy weight. That's what keeps us from gaining 20 pounds one day, losing 10 pounds the next day. We're very, very stable. When we're unhealthy, we can no longer keep a healthy weight. And there's... That's, That's bottom line. Bo total bottom line. And like you said, there's so many different parts. There's so many moving parts that we don't know enough about. Mm -hmm. Where like the scan or just taking a different perspective with people. We have to do that. We, we have owe to it that. to people. We owe it. Yes. As dietitians mm -hmm. to really try to help them. And if you don't, you're not going to like your job because you're only going to help Healthy people. <laughs> Healthy people. So you, for every 10 people that walk in your door, you're only going to help one of them. Mm -hmm. And the rest are going to feel frustrated and quit coming back to you. Because, because you didn't help them. You didn't help them. <laughs> you didn't do anything for right. them. Yeah. And I think that happens a ton. It happens all the time. Yeah. I think a lot of dietitians can resonate with that yes. statement. So huh. just having people eat the right foods... That's is not, not going to help them. Mm -hmm. It's just not the answer when inflammation is the source. Mm -hmm. hmm. Wherever that inflammation is, emotionally or physically. Mm -hmm. And emotion is physical. Physical is emotional. Is one worse than the other? One is not worse than the other. No. You know, think of if you broke your arm, the pain is, is pretty... <laughs> It's, you yeah. know, to say... <laughs> right? It hurts. Yeah, it hurts <laughs> at that point to, for you, you know... Which one's worse? I mean, because the more in pain you are, the worse, you know, you're not going to feel Emotionally like you are. The worse yes. emotionally you are. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is why you cry when Which you hurt cry. yourself. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to stop separating the two to heal people. If you're always going to mm -hmm. say, okay, come to me for nutrition, now go over there and do yoga and practice your mind, the person is not going to get better. It's not until they embody both and take both at every single minute and every single time because that's who you are right now in this time. Mm -hmm. If you're happy and you all of a sudden have lots of energy and you're productive and eat healthy, well, 
did it start first because you were happy or because, you know, you laughed? Well, every single minute, one or the other is dramatically going back and forth. That's such a good point. Yeah, that's so true, though. Yeah. It is. Huh. So this is, yeah, this is kind of, this is very interesting. We might have to do a, uh, I might have to come in and we'll have to do a video of me doing this scan and looking at that the That would be fun. That would be fun. It's I'd fun. love to do that. I'll have to schedule that yes. with you. Well, and so I'm excited for, I'm excited for you and your practice. I think this is exciting. Like you're just kind of like cutting edge all the time <laughs> and you're just trying new things. What kind of, how do you, what do you see with your practice kind of moving forward? What's kind of your goal with your practice? And my goal with my practice is to focus on the philosophy of energy because most people can relate very directly with energy, whether their energy is high or low. And when we start helping them with energy, we're automatically working with inflammation at the same time. Hmm. The less inflammation they have, the, the healthier they're going to be. Inflammation is everything. Everything, right. But it if is. you ask somebody, are they inflamed? Well, most people don't even know mm -hmm. what that word is. Mm -hmm. And if you've been inflamed long enough, it is your now your new normal. That's kind of true. Because you just live with it. You live with it. Yeah. But if you ask somebody, would you like more energy? Well, of course. Well, of course. Who How much does that cost? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and when we can start uh, doing very, very simple things to start improving people's energy right away just by having the room darker where they sleep at night. Sure. Um, shutting off their Wi-Fi. Um, mm -hmm. Those simple things. So by starting with a focus of energy, then we can narrow down to six other categories of inflammation base and work from there. Work with that. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Well, and, and like inflammation, I, a lot of people are like, well, how, you know, what scientifically, how do I know if I'm inflamed? There is no way to really... You can't take someone's blood and really figure out inflammation. Correct. Yeah. The, we have CRP. We have... Yeah. Right. There is a few markers, right. but it's not going to tell you where it's at. Right. It's not going to tell you what it, how bad it is. It's not going to tell you any of those things. So that's where this technology is Correct. very helpful. Right. And mm -hmm. this, uh, we're at the point with science where we're going to be able to know before the person has Alzheimer's, before they have Parkinson's, before they have severe constipation and diarrhea. So we are... Because it's all based on inflammation. It's all based on inflammation. And right. if you can reduce it initially when you're younger and prevent mm -hmm. it from happening, then that those kind of diseases aren't going to happen. Correct. As pre not going to be as prevalent. Right. See, that's, that's cool stuff. That's cool that's stuff. that's why dietitians need to be open right. to this new frontier of thinking. Correct. Because if they're not... if Whoever's not open to change is going to be left behind. And like you said, you're no, going to hate your job. You're, you're going to hate your, your job, job, and you're not going to want to do it anymore. No. And we don't want to lose dietitians because no. of that. We need to be stronger and enforce. <laughs> Correct. Yes, because we have much to give. Uh, the average physician only takes one or two nutrition classes. Mm -hmm. And they take it their second year of school. They forget about it. Uh, right. By the time they get to practicing, it's long gone. It's long gone. <laughs> right. So we are desperately, desperately needed, but we have to become stronger and unite together, and you have to be open to 
to more. And you have to continue to learn because you just cannot learn everything in school and what's in school is not enough. For school, it's just your basis and only, again, for the healthy person. Mm-hmm. And like you said, pod, there's so many re- – Google exists now. Right. <laughs> there's so many resources out there. Podcasts are amazing. Amazing. A great way to learn a lot of different things. And so you, if you – Right. If you have <laughs> it, a resource. You know, you have an interest um, – Go seek out the experts that are making a difference because Mm -hmm. those that are making a difference are seeing a difference in their clients and they're using more than um, what was used five years ago. I mean, they're using the most up-to-date technology. Mm -hmm. And nutrition and science is always evolving. Always. So we have to be up and abreast on the new information Mm -hmm. that's out there. Yes. For sure. For sure. Well... I pre- I we're gonna have to have a part two and maybe a part three, but I think at some point we will do a video sometime, and I'll come in and we'll do a a scan, and you can kind of show a little report, and we can see what's we can see where my inflammation is. I'm sure I have a lot of it. We all do. <laughs> I know. We all do. I know, but I'm very interested myself just to see, you know, where are those places that I could work on? Why not? I mean, if it can make me live a longer, happier life, it's totally worth it. So. Correct. So we really want to improve people's quality, mm-hmm. not their quantity. Yeah. It needs to have quality. Uh, right. Yeah. Otherwise, there's if you live to 100 and you're in a wheelchair for 30 of it, it's not right. cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, I'm going to ask you some fun questions yes. to end our conversation. What is your favorite food? My favorite food is still chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> Do you have a certain brand that you like? Oh, um... I have several brands I like. It just needs to be a really, really good quality. Quality. Do you like? Right. Are you fine with dark chocolate, or do you? Prefer, I prefer dark chocolate. Do you? Right. Yeah. yeah. I pref- uh, a good, a excellent quality milk chocolate I can enjoy too. Uh huh. But a good dark clean chocolate. dark chocolate. Yes. <laughs> it is good. No gums. Like a- no fillers. No <laughs> corn chocolate. Yep. It's like a fine wine. It's, it's like a fine wine. That's right. <laughs> What's your favorite drink on that note? No, just <laughs> oh, my favorite drink. Um, I should say beverage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, my favorite, my favorite beverages are my Himalayan salt water. Ooh. Do you use so, that when you work out and stuff, too? To I, I do that every single day. Do you? I just put a couple of crystals of salt into my water mm-hmm. because wa- water follows salt. So it's how I actually stay hydrated, hydrated. and mm-hmm. not getting up and peeing all the time. Yeah. Because the water actually goes into my cell. I mean, into my cells. Yes. I've yes. heard that. So right. you just put a couple of crystals of, right. of salt in there. And it just kind of even neutralizes the flavor. So mm-hmm. you don't have like a funky residential city water (laughs) yeah yep and then my other favorite drink right now is um by using a product called ketone os the pink lemonade because as a dietitian i just cannot people put people in uh, on a ketogenic diet um for several reasons that's a whole other podcast even (laughs) though we know the science yes uh keto ketosis is you know and talking about inflammation ketosis is where it's at to reduce inflammation to reduce inflammation Mm -hmm. so by drinking this i am in ketosis automatically for three hours a day and decreasing inflammation and it tastes like pink lemonade 
Nice. Yeah. I've heard a lot about, and it's, it's exogenous ketones. Exogenous, That correct. you drink in a beverage once once or twice a day. Correct. And it's called Keto OS. Keto OS. Okay. Yeah, we might have to have another. Yeah. We might have to have another conversation because I've been really into that. We kind of talked about that. I've been listening to some podcasts about that too. So, and I'm kind of with you on the diet part of it. So yeah, maybe we'll have part two. Yes. We're gonna have like I think we're gonna have. As dietitians, like, our job is to make lives people easier. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we get lost in it because we geek out it and we're like, oh, let's. <laughs> here's a great new diet. Well, yeah, the ketogenic diet is awesome, but you know, talking about mind and the emotional aspect too, it's not always psychologically the best thing for our clients. So, sure, sure. So this would be a. This product fits in great for that. So it's a great product to help keep your inflammation down, which therefore is just overall healthy for your overall body. Overall healthy so people have better moods, better sleep, energy, better hormones, you better said energy. Energy. That's where it's Weight at. loss can happen just because you have decrease of inflammation. Sure. Mm -hmm. Huh. I'm going to have to try that too. <laughs> what is your favorite smell? Ooh, my favorite smell is... Um, ooh, baked chocolate chip cookies. Oh, that is such a good smell. Yeah. Oh How can gosh. you feel bad with that? Not bad at all. No. That's like an instant mood booster. Yeah, you don't even have to eat them. <laughs> just smell them. No, just smell them. Just walk by and right. smell them. Uh, what brings you joy in life? What brings me joy in life is helping other people feel good and live their best life. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all it about. It really is. Um, people find happiness when they feel their passion and give to others, whatever that is. And my gift has been to share the passion of nutrition. And you're and very passionate so about nutrition. And you're doing such so a good job. You are. That's what I love doing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I've enjoyed our conversation today. And we will have, I have a feeling that Lori will be on again because she's going to keep me updated on all the current cool stuff that's going on in our field. And I thank you so much. You are welcome. Wow, 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 wow. I feel like I need to check in with Lori about every three months to stay on top of current trends and just to learn from her. I look forward to learning more about the new scan we talked about and would love to have a video of me having it done and what the results are that I can show you guys. I do believe we need to be open to new things in the field of dietetics and meet our clients where they are in their wellness journey. And I think Lori is doing a phenomenal job at that. So I will keep you posted to see if we get a video done and we'll be excited to share that with you. My other favorite snack while I've been working on my fitness this summer has been popcorn. I actually eat it with my Nick sticks for a satisfying and balanced snack. My go-to popcorn is the one and only Jolly Time Popcorn. Jolly Time Popcorn is available in a variety of flavors with Healthy Pop being one of my favorites. Go to jollytime.com for more information and money-saving coupons. Scurry on over to annelizabethardy.com. Uh, yep, that's right. I did say scurry because that is where you can read my latest addition to my random as hell weekly wisdom blog where I share my current crazy adventures with food, workout music, a real deal, and really delicious recipe or something new that I love. You can also purchase my book and can find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during my conversations with these amazing people. Let's connect on social media too. I would absolutely love that. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great. Always find the joy in each day and to start a conversation that truly matters.